0: Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and
1: God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the Mystery of Parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good morning, um, this is Trey, that is Stephanie, Stephanie and uh, Thaddeus is here too, and it's a it's a Good great, morning It's a crazy day Happy Easter Happy Easter, that's Happy right Happy
2: Easter season, absolutely, and, absolutely, um, hope you had a blessed Resurrection Sunday Do uh, <laughs> you all do
0: resurrection
1: rolls again?
2: Absolutely Yeah,
1: it, doesn't have, it does not allow it, I mean, the kids will remind us
2: Oh yeah I think now they, that they yeah. can drive, they'd go out and buy the ingredients yeah. before they'd let me cool. bypass them.
0: They're pretty yummy, though. Yeah, Man. we know. We've made them a few times. Oh, have you? Yes, yeah.
2: yes, Let's yes. Do. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, resurrection buns should be on your list for any Easter tradition. Easy, easy, easy.
1: And just remember, Easter lasts for another, well, it's a 50-day 50 50 50 period. <laughs> period. I'm going to be old when this is yeah. over. 50-day <laughs> period, so... I asked about the kids. I mean, Trey developing are doctrine over here. Ca- Catholics, Catholics are partiers. We, we want to have a celebration. We're at, you know Stephanie's like the the you know she said the birth month. Well, you know Easter is a birth month and two thirds, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, yes. Uh, Google, so Google Google resurrection, Google resurrection yeah, buns. Resurrection and, buns. And I'm do sure it. they will. And just make sure that sugar is is okay because yes. there's a little bit of it involved. Oh, yes. but, uh,
2: oh, yes.
0: So we did a neat thing on Sunday, um, Divine Mercy Sunday. Robin has this recipe for Divine Mercy Sundays. Ooh. Oh. So you make an ice cream oh, sundae and you put you know whipped cream on top of it and then you get blue sprinkles and then you do that kind of in a line and you do red sprinkles kind of in a line like the oh. rays coming out
1: from oh. Jesus' heart.
2: There you nice. go. You You guys always love it.
1: No. Like it I said to be Catholic is to be fun, right? Yes, holiness fun is fun. Fun and holy. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well go, you you get to say a prayer. <laughs>
2: yes, we will start with a prayer.
1: Uh, in the name of the Father.
2: The Son, and the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. through which our families sometimes pass through the intercession of the holy family of nazareth grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families we ask this of you who is life truth and love with the son and the holy spirit st john paul ii pray for us and our sweet holy family of nazareth pray, pray for, for us, us. Father, amen
1: amen and follow holy holy spirit, spirit. Spirit. so um Today I thought we would we would talk cuz I you know sometimes we get off and there's always this link between theology and practicality and I think a lot of people don't think that that's the case but I mean everything flows from that that's the basis of this of this show is that if we understand the mystery the invisible the 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 thing that we as spouses and as parents are meant to signify to this world make Manifest this world in and through our actions that, that we'll do better at Being that with God's help But we do need to kind of know what the Theology is behind it so that we can make An attempt with God's help to accurately Reflect that And at the center Of the Christian message At the center of it is this Idea of The spousal relationship between Christ and his church and that Relationship um, being what we celebrate at the the wedding feast of the Lamb, right? I mean, it's it is it is there, and so since parenthood is part of, um, or is meant to be part of the fruit of of, of a married relationship, uh, then it would make sense for us to go to the foundation of marriage and then look at what the theology is behind it, and then see either how it's how we've seen that accurately reflected or where we struggled as a couple or, you know, where we've done well, what we've learned um, in and through that. I think that's a, that's a way. So hopefully this not only gives you some practical uh, applications of theology, but also um, helps whoever's listening and, and ourselves included, be able to see the way we as Catholics ought to think about how we approach things, particularly living out of sacrament. Does that frame it all right? Yeah, Or
0: I really like that framing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I so, set myself up good, for that. That's a good setup. a good, punchy. For me. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> setup. <laughs> really good very, setup. Very punchy. So I, I'm going to read a little yeah, bit. I, I th- think that,
0: no, honest, but seriously, I think that does go along with y'all's, just your whole mission of um, parenting with a purpose, you know, living your marriage with a purpose. So you got to keep that. Uh, the theological basis of things uh, always in um, connection with the practical. Right.
1: And I think, and so, so, I mean, again, like you said, I mean, there is a parent with a purpose in terms of like, okay, why do we say yes to this or no to that? Or you have to do that. That's, that, that's, I mean, that we're thinking about that. And sometimes maybe the connection between the theology and that actual decision to allow that movie is not as apparent. Well, I mean, as a parent, not <laughs> a parent, a parent, right? <laughs> uh, as as it might, you'd might like. Um, I do think that there's a way of being purposeful that is trying to take that the deep theology and apply it to um, the day to day. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that there's a very practical stuff that you might not see. Okay, I should say no to seeing that movie. It may or may not be a direct connection or something that you, that you see, but you're being purposeful there, and that's good. But there's another part of being purposeful that is actually trying to make the connection between the theology and what I'm doing. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but— Mm-hmm. That's the best I can do. Um, anyway, I thought that like I, I'm going to read through this because I think it's it's important to start off because at the at the core of of anything Christian is you know is re- the scripture, um, and I think that if we read Ephesians 25, which probably many of you, if you, if you are married, probably heard <laughs> at your or at least looked at as a reading for your marriage. But I think this kind of sets up where we're going to go from uh, on this. So uh, this is Ephesians five twenty-one and following. It says, "Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head. Is the head of, of the, the. I'm sorry. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body. It is an, as and is himself its savior." As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Even so, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies." He who loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, and I mean in reference to Christ and the church. And that's, that's it. This is where mystery of parenthood. This is a great mystery, and this connection between Christ and His Church and man and woman in marriage accurately trying to reflect that. I always love looking at this because if you actually read this, and I'm not going, we're not going to go through this, but if you actually read this, Paul presumes them to. Understand this connection between Christ and his church He's actually using something He's laid the groundwork of the theology already They know it Because he doesn't really talk Because he's saying as Christ loved the church He's not explaining how Christ loved the church He's already taught that He's now applying it to the way a husband and wife Should treat oneself That's what a Christian (laughs) A Catholic ought to do all right. We should have the foundation of the understanding, the theology of what we are accurately to reflect, and then from that flows the practical. All right, and that's the great mystery.
2: I I, I always recall um, sweet Zach Barcevac Oh yes, at that uh, yeah. at a marriage. It wasn't. Uh, it was a prekana when they had back in the day when they had prekana giving a talk about um, about marriage and. And how spouses should love one another, and and he began his talk with, you know, husbands and wives, you need to love each other this much, and he just pulled out a crucifix and like slammed it on, on the podium.
1: Yeah, this much.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that was a quick. You know, right? (laughs) Like Father David's when the air conditioner was broken. You know, (laughs) this is hot. Hell's hotter. (laughs) You know, you sometimes, yes, sometimes you just don't need many words when you have that kind of. Well, again, yeah.
1: And that's that's important to say is that that the way things are taught, the way God decided to reveal Himself is actually through our own humanity. He shows us through the humanity that He took on in the person of Christ he lives it out in a way that is concrete and again that's why it's important for us to remember that love is not just some fluffy word out there it looks a certain way it talks a certain way it is a certain way and that way is Jesus himself but that translates into us and and what we're meant to do so i thought it would be good to kind of go through and i'm uh, through some some pieces of of the catechism and just remind ourselves of the things that we should do, and then maybe talk about how we've either struggled with this or seen this at work in our own lives. But um, I'll just, getting back to what we just read, the Catechism, accurately kind of saying what St. Paul just said here in Ephesians 5, you know, Catechism 16, 17, says the entire Christian life bears the mark of the spousal love of Christ and the church. The entire... (laughs) Christian life, so we have to, if if, as Paul does here, we have to understand what Christ did for that, for for um, for us, and then know that that crucifix accurately shows us what it means to love, um, and to love as the church teaches. It says to love is the fundamental and innate vocation of every human being. So really, ultimately, if God is love, then we're meant to to love one another. And we cannot find ourselves. We we cannot become who we are unless we love. Now, there's the problem in in America. How many times we throw love around? We've talked about this before, but, I mean, the word love, what does love mean? look like what does it mean to love someone that's important to know what that what that is because you know i can love chocolate i can love the aggies i can love so many th- things but is that really what god means when he says love one another and that's central to it so it's if it's the fundamental and innate vocation of every human being no matter what you do that it's probably pretty important for us to understand what love is, what love looks like. Um, And then let's see. And this is one that I, that I, that I like because maybe we'd probably some comments on this catechism, uh, 1609. This is quoting after the fall marriage helps to overcome self absorption, (laughs) egoism, the pursuit of one's own pleasure and to open oneself to the other to mutual aid and to self-giving. <laughs> Anybody experienced that before? I mean, marriage helps to overcome self-absorption, egoism, the pursuit of one's own pleasure, and to open oneself to the other, to mutual aid and to self-giving. See, sometimes we forget that there's something at work in us. It's not just like we get together. Hey, let's get married because we love each other. Kind of like, It's kind of cool hanging out with you. I mean, that's, that's, that's good, but there's something at work in and through a marriage properly understood where God is doing something to each one of us that helps extract things that keep us from being like him, right? So how in the world has marriage being married to me, Stephanie, or <laughs> helped uh, you overcome self-absorption? <laughs> <laughs> or, or better yet, maybe it's me. I mean, I don't every day, every day, <laughs> right. I mean, if you have to live with me, <laughs>
2: I, I, we're joking about I know that, we're joking but about I, that. you know, I think that is, um, you know, what is our natural tendency? Our natural tendency is to selfishness, you right. know? Um, and I think the sooner that, that you realize and embrace that, that goal, you know, right. is, is a, of avoiding self-absorption. And I mean, cause if you fight it, it's, it's going to be a pretty miserable existence. And I would
1: venture to say that probably <laughs> most divorces, most marriages that don't, don't end up fulfilling what they start probably had somebody, not, not always there's some, in, some level of either self-absorption or I got to get what I, Got to get, or it's what what I what I need, and if you're not giving me that, I the way I look at this is, and I've talked to the kids about it, but I've but I've, I've recognized it myself, I cannot control you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, I mean I can't control my spouse. Anybody that's out there thinking that you can control or change or, and you you can't. Marriage is more about how in relationship with the other, can I allow myself to be changed, allow me to not be so self-absorbed, so worried about what, what am I getting out of this. And, and when you attack marriage that way, when you attack it as, hey, I've got stuff that I need to fix. About when
0: you myself. approach it, you mean. Not like not attack it to destroy. (laughs) You mean you're meaning approach it? Yeah, no, approach it. Yeah,
1: I I mean I I look at I'm a football coach. When you attack the the, when you you go at it, but but you're right. When you approach it with that mentality, this is meant to make me more like Jesus. It's meant to make me more like this. So those opportunities that that come your way, I I think I might have mentioned it here. I I remember giving a talk to a group of guys at an Advent deal and. And talking about how, you know, I thought God had all these things for me, wanted me to write books, wanted me to do all this kind of stuff. But every time I'd start working really hard at that, you know, my wife would have a sick child or, you know, she'd call and say, I need help with this or the car broke down or whatever. And I was like, you know, Lord, these people are getting in the way of (laughs) of what you want me to do. And the reality is, is that it wasn't until I actually started to say, okay, those are exactly the things God's saying, quit being so obsessed with what you think you want me to do and start doing what I'm asking you to do, which is to serve that person that's in front of you. So that sick child, that, that, that wife who's struggling, that's what your job is. I know you think you want to do a whole bunch of stuff for me, but right now let's focus on that.
2: Yeah, And it's the dying to self. This is my favorite favorite verse in, um, the stations every year. Uh, it just, I can't wait to get to this, to this, uh, you know what, in what station is it? It's towards the end. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: 88.5. Always (laughs) 88.5, but it's at the very end under the prayer. It says, Lord and savior, you've told us that we too, must accept crucifixion if we are to accept resurrection with you. And this is my favorite line. Help us to rejoice in the sufferings that come with the fulfillment of our daily duties, which is working on your marriage and loving your spouse, seeing in them all these daily duties, seeing in them the royal road of the cross to the resurrection. It's my favorite. i I that little paragraph jumped out at me years ago and every year i i like can't wait to get to that to get to that part i just think it had that seeing in them the royal road of the cross to the resurrection that's
1: the that's the thing <laughs> it's the royal road see the world i think attacks the everydayness of life and says, Mm -hmm. you know, you're made for so much more than that. You know, it's the great lie. The royal road, the kingly road, the queenly road, the road that is the highest is indeed actually (laughs) those daily duties. The daily duties. Yeah, It, it that that is the great lie of today. And it was the lie that I was I had to myself, I've got all these great things I want to do for the Lord and and my family's getting in the way. No, no. (laughs) the family is the way. Everything else is subject to and put below that, right? I mean, I remember, well, I mean, we had one of our biggest arguments was followed by, you know, was followed by me. One of our biggest arguments early on was, you know, I've got all these things I want to do and, and and you're not. And then I ran into Father David, Bishop David, that afternoon. And he told me exactly what I didn't want to hear, which is like, uh, she's right. You know, your job is to be a husband and father. So say no to everything else that gets in the way of doing that and do that. And then you can talk to her about doing these other things. And, and
2: and interestingly enough, God brought them back around.
1: Well, he did. Well, that was my, so that was my deal It's because he said, because if God wants you to do something, this is what he said, if God wants you to do something, he's more than capable of putting it in front of you. So I remember the conversation. I will do that, Stephanie. But if God brings it back around, will you please at least now acknowledge that you might say yes to that? And she said yes. And of course, um, that happened. But anyway, I I challenge us every day and, and anybody that's out there looking at marriage and going forward to begin to, if you're thinking about what am I getting from my my spouse or what do I deserve from my spouse or you know to begin to start saying what 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 about me can be changed um if i die to what i want for the sake of my wife for the sake of my son for the sake of my daughter think about how amazing it would be honestly if everybody in the family actually said let me focus on what I need to give up what I need to change about myself.
2: Oh, yeah. John Paul II II had a beautiful quote about (coughs) family and service. I'm terrible at quotes.
1: I don't remember that one, but
2: oh, there was a really good one. I remember. I can see the piece of paper that I had yeah, it on I forever. Yeah, remember exactly. Yeah, what you're about talking. the we about we cut it out the, of the we cut it out of a out, out of the, out of the, the bulletin. bulletin. Yeah, yeah, it was just about the family serving one another and
1: so capture those you know. things, especially you young couples out there, because when you get to be as old as we are, you know, well, you, you forget remember. these things <laughs> <laughs> and and they disappear somehow. But oh, um, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, Google. I bet you can find <laughs> it. But anyway, um, this was beautiful. I thought so. Next the, the um, Saint Th- Saint Thomas Aquinas and the Council of Florence, I thought these were these were good, and it's good to remember this that the three goods of marriage this is from Saint Thomas and from the Council of Florence I thought number one, and this is a one that's lost on on today's society is the beget the begetting and education of children as being one of the goods of marriage, not like a that that that's it that the Lord. As um Pope, which Pope wrote Casti Canubi on marriage, um, he wrote Pius the the, the Lord Pius the Twelfth, I think. I think it was one of Pius. Yeah. <laughs> he he wrote, the Lord uses spouses as ministers in the propagation of life and in education to the worship of God in the Catholic Church. Uses the spouses as ministers in the propagation of Life. Th- this is something that's a, that's an idea that I mean, John Paul II even himself talks about the, the marital act that produces children is really part of the part of a a liturgy, so to speak. It's that holy. It's that raised to that height, and you get a sense of this here that they're they're ministers in that they are people who God uses to to bring about something that He He wants. So that's that's one of the benefits of begetting the begetting and education of children. Um, the next thing is, is these are words that we've seen. The family is do- domestic church is something that is in catechism, 1655 and in Lumen Gentium in the, in the old Vatican two documents, but this idea of um, a domestic church. And so the children, the beginning and education of children were like a little, you know, parents are teaching their children, you know how to live. Yeah,
0: Pius XI. Pius XI. One of the
1: Piouses. But uh, <laughs> 1930. Um, wow, it's a good one,
0: by the way. It's a response, actually, to the to the Lambeth Conference, isn't it? Probably, Partly?
1: I would yeah. think so. If not, if, if not, if not directly to that, then by the Holy Spirit, yeah, <laughs> put it out there because it's right around the. It's it's same right. Year. It's the same same year, and that's typically sidebar. How the church responds is when they see something particularly in the church, challenge something that the church has always held is usually when something from the church comes out saying, this is how we address it. So it's not – shouldn't be surprising that there would be a response uh, to that. Sorry to interrupt your train of thought. No, no, that's excellent. I mean, that's that's a great point. Because I think it's important for us to remember that that's exactly – how does the church respond? Again, is a good – gauge of how parents should respond the church pays attention to what's going on and then puts out and proposes things signs of the times signs of the times and then fit and then and then what happens is is frequently there'll be people maybe even in the name of the church or people in situations like that giving out something that's contrary to what the church has and typically, that's when you jump into the fray is mm-hmm. at that moment. Well, that's what we say as parents. We as, par- as, as parents, we should be keeping our eyes kind of scanning to and fro what are our kids experiencing, what they're doing. And then when we do that, when we see something where they're getting something that's maybe inaccurate or they're not seeing, that's when we're called to jump in and address it. Those are the opportunities that God gives us. We don't have to lay out a a, a um, perfect curriculum we can respond to circumstances as they happen they actually f- remember those things better when they're actually doing it but anyway yeah, thanks you, you found
2: yes I did it was it's uh yeah it, the quote was to maintain a joyful family requires much from both the parents and the children each member of the family has to become in a special way the servant of the others mm-hmm. yes. loved that yeah yeah.
1: Th- I'm sorry, but
2: then I also found one. <laughs> I've never heard this one that, from John Paul II as well. Stupidity is also a gift of God, but one mustn't misuse it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. Let's <laughs> remember that one. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: But the other one just about, you know, of us serving one another. Um
1: <sighs> But yeah, I mean, but I think, but that's, that is again, something contrary. And
2: and you know, you do, you, you do that in, in, in your everyday life with your kids talking about, you know, attaching it to someone that, I mean, to, to a situation or something that they'll remember. I mean, you know, um, just, I know like even just recently, some of the kids have been busier than others. And so when they can't get their chop their job done in the house to ask one of the other kids to hey your sisters really stressed out this week can you unload her dishwasher for her you're helping them to practice that service <laughs> yes wow yes that's
1: at amazing. least for the week <laughs> she gets all the dishes <laughs> but but I but but it's you know true. those
2: are the ways that you you help your children in practicing service of others
1: <laughs> yeah. but, but or even as parents if you do something when they know that's their Right, Probably like I, I did it the other day. Right, right. I, the funny thing is, is I started unloading a dishwasher. For the kid, the kid walked up and said, "Dad, what are you doing? I'm supposed to be doing that." And I said, "Well, I just I figured might as well just do it." And and he said, "Okay, last dish, then I'll do it." And he hopped in and and did it. It was his job. I never said anything to him, but again, it's part of that. If everybody's kind of trying, if it's a culture that says, "How can I serve? How can mm. I do it?" Mm -hmm. Not you have to, but we were always pointing. And then again, when you see somebody doing it, we've talked about it. You've got to catch them. That is much stronger when you catch them in the positive doing something and say, you know, that that was just an amazing thing. You're bringing peace. You're bringing joy to this house. Just by that simple, you know, five minutes that you spent helping with that. And it's true. That's not an over exaggeration. <laughs> because when the dishes don't get well, hey, mama ain't happy. Ain't, <laughs> ain't nobody, nobody happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyway, at least at my house, it's not a true word. <laughs> 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 but um, but I think that I think that it's important that you that you proactively remember we're we're meant to raise people to be servants and the family in and of itself actually is a is the place that actually God put together for us to learn that on a small scale. I think I've heard the, maybe a guy in GK Chesterton, you know, uh, one of his, one of his quips that are on, that are on the air talking about, you know, every family has got people you don't like or get on your nerves or whatever. And, you know, the answer is not to get rid of them, that that's the opportunity to do it because that's the way life is. That's the way mankind is. So, you know, Aunt Joe, who is an Henri old lady, is Henri, and there for us as a family to learn how to do it. Because guess what, mankind is ornery. I mean, th- that you're always those are the. If we look at our family as kind of the practice ground, and be purposeful in the way of looking at as so this is who God's given us. So those different personality quirks, the different, the different things that we either love or maybe you don't like about one another are those opportunities is not to squash them, but to figure out how to how to work with them. And then it becomes a positive thing, even though it's not necessarily um
2: But it's re- it's reality. I mean
1: it's it is yeah. reality. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it, I used to, you know, think that, you know, if you had a happy family, everybody gets along. It's all oh, there's never any struggles, everybody and and I I mean Anybody out there? I mean, y'all can call in if that's the case. But we're we're almost <laughs> through raising. You can our take over the radio you know? show. Yeah. and <laughs> and that's that not that's not the, that's not the experience. <laughs> and if if because that's not the experience of living <laughs> life yeah. in this world. Exactly. And so we get Humanity. to yeah. we get to to actually experience that together. So anyway,
0: um, uh, I think to jump into here. Um, a lot of uh, Catholic social teaching that goes, actually goes on in the family, at least the principle of (laughs) um, solidarity. Right. Like, trying to put your we try to put our children in in positions where they can kind of accompany one of their siblings through a difficult thing. Absolutely. Kind of stretch themselves to help them out with something even though it's on that other sibling to, you know, fix it or clean it up or or whatnot. Um, like the little the littlest one who he gets into stuff and makes messes and makes the boys' room a mess. <laughs> but we try to, we say, you know, right now you got to show up for the little one because he doesn't know how to pick up. Mm-hmm. He just right. he can sit there and I can guide him or one, you know you oldest one can guide him and how to put things back in the basket, but really you're going to have to, you're going to actually have to pick it up for him. Mm-hmm. But you got to do that for him because of, you know, where he is in his right state in life. And that was done for you when you were his age and right. don't hold it over his head and don't begrudge, begrudge that and, and just try to, I don't know. We just, we always are trying to
1: mm-hmm.
0: push that, that lesson that way of looking at, um, family life.
1: No, I. Th- that's, best yeah. being purposeful. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, yeah. that's exactly, those are the things that at every stage, but certainly at the younger, at younger ages, you know, those are, they seem like maybe just little things, but those are, you're laying the groundwork for big things. You're laying the mm-hmm. groundwork for, that's the, that's the culture of our family. That's, mm-hmm. that's the culture of our family because that's, The way God was. God didn't have to come and fix our mess. He didn't. We we made a mess of it, but he didn't have to come fix our mess. Yet he came down and walked with us. You know, he came down and and became one of us and and struggled with us. But he came and helped us pick this up and then gave us the opportunity to be a part. And on top of that, I think even further as they get as they get older, um, a sense of I can help, but you don't want to do it for them either. There's a lot of theology behind that. Because because the way God did it is he came and showed us but then he and he gave us the grace to do it but he asked us to cooperate as part of our dignity to do it. Yep. So sometimes as parents you know it's easier to just pick up the best mm. and not and not include so the other Amen. person. <laughs> Same thing with a, with a bigger brother. It's easier to just pick it up. And get it done, but then there's something about accurately reflecting the way God works with us that says, you know, it would be easier, but really, baby, the better sign is for me to be there to help, but include them in the helping. <laughs>
0: happened today outside the studio. Yeah. The children were here for about an hour, and they were helping. I asked... They were helping Dennis with something in preparation for the benefit dinner. The girl is taking over the responsibility of uh, bundling up the pens into fives after they tested that they all worked. Right. The four-year-old wants to get in on that, and he's like, he's saying, "I want to do my own bundle and put the rubber band around it." And she's saying, "No, get out! Like basically, get out of here." cause you don't know how to put the rubber band around a bundle of five. You don't even know how to count to five. (laughs) Reliably. Reliably. And get out of here so I can get this done. You know, like that's kind of, I'm, I'm shorthanding what the conversation was. And, um, (laughs) and I felt like it was important for me to sort of just step in there and say, no, let him help you because he wants to. And, you need to you need to be able to guide him, guide him through this, and and let him learn how to how to do this helping. You can't don't don't rip that opportunity to help out of his hands because it's more efficient and convenient for you to just do it yourself.
1: Right, and I think you have to remind yourself that's part of being purposeful as well as parents. Be, I mean that you have to something. It's not. I think we as we as we're made to be in relationship. I, I, something along these lines, my daughter wrote the other day and it kind of struck me. We're made to be in relationship. The stuff that needs to be done is there to help facilitate the relationship. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the meat of the, what you're dealing. We can tend to be focused on, I just need to get it done, you know, oh, on exactly. getting that done instead of on the fact that that, opportunity is meant to bring into relationship people to help get it done. Historians have actually written about
0: that with labor-saving devices, that that's actually attenuated social bonds in towns and families because Mm -hmm. tasks that used to take uh, five people or a whole extended family to do something doesn't anymore, and so people don't get together to do things together anymore, and they don't share those burdens, and they don't have that common experience... And that you have to rely on people, even that you don't necessarily get along with or like or think think right. the same way about everything
1: together. Right. So this is a, this is a this is a purposeful kind of a, um, a way of looking at life that's different than what the world because the world is like you know be efficient, be productive, be whatever. Well, you know that's important, but it's not the most important thing. Right. It makes me think yeah. of
2: um, we've got two boys right now that are working for a local businessman, and he's. He's not automated. He, these boys pack up these
1: <sighs> hundreds
2: hundreds of, of scientific equipment things, and they bubble wrap it and and they are all like in a little assembly line and there have been some amazing theological discussions that have happened um in this setting of mm. these boys right sitting, you. you know sitting here and and doing a job, but yet you know, and the only time I think the boss gets on them is when they don't talk and work at the same time.
1: As long as the working, the working is or going, the talking. talking can happen. But. Yeah,
2: but yeah, that's very interesting that you should say that because it it really is kind of old school that they are sitting there, yeah. you know, bubble wrapping all this stuff individually, um, so packing it in boxes. And but yeah, they've told us about some of the discussions that they've had with several of the other guys in the office. And so
1: a challenge, a challenge awesome. to 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 parents, I think, is. To at least foster certain circumstances within the home that allows, or maybe requ- not allows, that requires something that maybe could be done really by just one person to include two or three or four or whatever. Um, that's hard. I know Stephanie. Stephanie's got a very. She, she likes done things done a, a particular way. <laughs> It's like, I'm speaking that turn on this and, and, Truth. And, Truth and, and, love. and, 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 and usually if I'm involved, I'm not doing it the way that she, that, yeah, that she and wants. I'm learning six kids and, and I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. It's and just a seventh child that you're married to. But, 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 but she has over time allowed us to be involved. Now she might come behind us and fix it, but she doesn't let us know that.
2: Not anymore. <laughs> but, that was the uh, old me.
1: But, um,
2: I have. Christ has made me new. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but anyway, I think again, this, we're we're on this one with this one good, and I know we're going on on the beginning of education of children. But we're, what we're doing here is trying to get you to to think about there are opportunities that happen every day in just the ordinariness of life—a picking up of a mess, helping with doing that—that that are all opportunities to help point the kids to yeah, we need to get it done but there's something more important than just getting it done happening here. And that doesn't have to be said necessarily like that, but it can be said by, Hey, let's, let's do this. And then when somebody, again, when a child does sacrifice efficiency and productivity (laughs) for the sake of a child, you know, as a parent, pull them aside and say, that was so, so great that you, that you did that. Um, I know it was hard. and, and again, I think those are those are things that you that you do. Parents are the primary educators of their children. And that and that's that's not that's not just um, math, algebra, Yeah, so It's mean, just the core subjects. It's not the core subjects. they they're they're and as it says here in, in in several documents, you know, you gotta train them to pray, you gotta train them on how to evangelize, and you gotta train them to serve.
2: And all of Others, those are, yeah. You know? And all of those, that the breeding ground for all of that starts
1: and, and in the family. And, mm-hmm. it, and, and all these things, I mean, it literally starts in the family. Mm-hmm. Like pray mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. Evan- show evangelize, tell them the good news, um, serve in the house, and then help them understand that that goes beyond here. But it, you know, we gotta we gotta work on it inside this area, um, also in religious and moral education. So. And again, on the moral side, keep your eyes open as they grow older. You'll, you will, if you've fostered them talking to you, you will become aware of situations that will allow you to teach on moral situations that are actually occurring in front of them. You don't have to invent things. You don't have to do it. They, they will— Just get Instagram
2: they, or Twitter or Facebook.
1: <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and get have involved. plenty of opportunities. And get involved with them. <laughs> now, here's the last thing, which is, I think is really cool, and I don't think a lot of people really know this, that Catholic Parenthood is actually a canonical office. The mm. canon law actually says that, that it is an office. It's likened to the pastoral responsibility of a priest. John Paul II in, in Familiars Consortio says that. Um, and he says that he makes it clear that it is a true ministry of the church to be a parent. Mm. Mm. So it's more than just you know make sure they have food, <laughs> you know make sure that they have clothes. It, it is the entire package. We're meant to um, make them into disciples, um, and that and that's the case. So first one is beginning in education of children. This show is based on that, and therefore we spend a lot of time on it. Second one, I think, is partnership um, or the fidelity of the spouses to each other. Um, and here's a quote from, again, Pope Pius the Casti Canubi? 11th. 11th. Um, Persevering endeavor to bring each other to the state of perfection, a complete and intimate life partnership. That's his definition of what marriage it's meant to be. You pr- you're endeavoring to bring each other to a state of perfection, a complete and intimate life partnership. Um, I don't know you can get fired up about that. It's, unfor- it's, it's unfortunate that I think that marriage gets diminished so much in this that it's just kind of like this contract. Hey, I like you. It's kind of like <coughs> dating, you know. Hey, we're going to try this for a little bit. But, I mean, to go in, we're all in. um. I have said it before, but my, you know, my dad said, like, you go out there, you know, best man. <laughs> if you go out there and you say, I do, you're in. You're in for good. <laughs> There's no, no bailing. I mean, I don't think that's said enough um, in this day and age mm-hmm. um, because it's easy to quit. Um, anyway, so that was it. And then so the second one is the fidelity of the spouses to each other. First one is the begetting and education of children. These are goods of marriage. And then the third is the sacramental bond itself, which means that it's sacramental, getting back to the mystery of parenthood, it is meant to signify, it's meant to be a sign of Christ and his relationship with the church, just like St. John Paul. I mean, not St. John Paul, like Saint Paul in his letter to Ephesians talks about. And again, as a sacrament. It's not only a sign, a sacrament does what? It confers grace. It is a cause of grace that bond between the two. And what does grace do? Grace elevates our nature. So every time you say, I can't get up in the middle of the night to change that diaper because I'm just too tired, you know, call on God's grace. <laughs> every time you, you, know, you're, you feel yourself, call upon the grace of the sacrament of marriage. On that, make that part of your everyday prayer. I'm living a sacrament, a marriage sacrament, and I'm going to trust that God's going to give me the power to actually live it out. Yeah. You going to say something?
0: Yeah, the, something you were saying drew me back to uh listening to Andreas Vidmer at the Diocese Men's Conference back in February. Uh-huh. He was a Swiss Guard to Pope John Paul II. Oh, wow. and oh yeah, and he. Part of his talk, he gave a sort of capsule um, version of the theology of the body. And one of the things that he ended on was that God gave man and women, men and women, human beings, the power, the ability to. Create eternal persons the way God did in creation Mm -hmm. and the fact that he said eternal persons people who are persons who are going to exist forever absolutely when you take that profound theological truth seriously and you wear it on the front of your head like a Jewish um, right uh I forget
1: what those are called. Yeah. I don't call it. The
0: the scroll. You right. Know, that really changes your that can really have a, a, a enormous effect on how you uh
1: parent. Uh, I again, it, it there is it's what we've always talked about and, and it's true. You and it's it's if I can just continue, yeah, go ahead, continue. a little bit.
0: And it is it is at once humbling because it's such an enormous responsibility, but it it's at the same time enormously um, elevating. It 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 makes you see that what you're involved in with your spouse is something of eternal import. Absolutely, real. I mean, that's that invests your marriage with more meaning than than anything else possibly could. And I think that's that kind of gets to the truth of what the catechism says in 1664 that um, the refusal of fertility turns married life away from its supreme gift, the child. That's why the child is the supreme gift, because it's giving that marriage so much meaning, more meaning than than anything else could, could give it. And
1: there's nothing that you have. There's not a house, a bank account, a piece of property that— that it will last longer than than the person that God used you partnered with you, <laughs> yeah, uh, to create. And,
2: well, and we always used to laughingly tell our um, uh, engaged couples that used to come to us for sponsorship. You know, don't don't be fooled with this world's you know folly that. You know, don't have children for a while. Get to know each other. Go travel together. Go, you know, that that whole. I mean, it's such folly because when you have a child, <laughs> that's when your rubber meets the road as a mm-hmm. marital couple.
1: That's when you, you get. Know? That's when you. That's it when. It really
2: just. I mean, it that's gets when your when attention. You got, yeah, that's when you I gotta. Mean. Blow up the life raft and hang on. That's
1: right, <laughs> and you got to hang on to each other. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, th- and that's yeah. why.
1: And that's what it's meant. And that's it's what it's beautiful.
2: It it's beautiful. I mean, it's you know,
1: children are for the catechism says that the children are actually f- for the good of the, the parents. parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we think we think it's all kind of us directed no, towards absolutely, them. Absolutely, that's true. But but in reality, they're they're for the they're given as a gift for. For the good of the parent, Um, we were just talking about. I was talking about it, and we're getting to to the end here. But I was just talking about the fact with another dad, um, and he was saying, "Don't you find it strange that, like, you know, even more than say your wife, how much their successes or and or struggles and failures? Do you have you ever experienced like when you see them really happy about something that's happened? Is there anything that even comes?" close to that in anything else you've experienced than when you see a child really having success at something. And I said, you know, now you think about it, I don't. I mean, it's, it, it is, it's actually more than when I've experienced success myself in something mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. To, to see. And it's not, I'm like pride. It's like, well, if you think about that, there's something about that, that God, that, that should help us to know how much God loves us. Because if we, it's kind of built into our parenthood to say, I want the good of the other so bad. And when I see it, you know, it just makes me overflow with mm-hmm. joy.
2: I was going to say, it, it's that, just a fulfillment. Yeah.
1: And that God is, in a sense, kind of saying, that's what I feel like when you cooperate with me, when you have success, God's just overjoyed with what is happening there. And so we need to see with the eyes of faith that says, you know, God in our parenting and in those things that happen is trying to show us what's going on. You know, when we get sad because a kid doesn't deliver or doesn't do what they said, and you know that they were capable of doing it, we get sad, but we still love them. It's not like we just disown them. We need to <laughs> call on those experiences to say, God's trying to show us something about his love for us. Yeah. So,
2: it, And we're going to go to our memory verse here, Ephesians 5.25. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I would challenge husbands and wives. Yes. <laughs> love one another as Christ loved his church. And remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you in this Easter season. Uh, don't forget to Google those resurrection buns.
1: He is risen He is Hallelujah
2: God bless Pray for us We're praying for you
1: Amen Thank you for listening To this local production Of Red Sea Catholic Radio Tune in next week At the same time To hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin Share more On the mystery of parenthood